0: This is the Mining Your Own Business podcast brought to you by Elder Research. Each episode will bring in data and analytics gurus from around the world as they regale us with their data analytics stories and enlighten us with their secrets for how to turn data into actionable insights. Now, here's our host, Evan Wimpy, who will guide us as we dare to mine our own business.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Mining Your Own Business podcast. I'm your host, Evan Wimpy, and today I'm super excited to introduce Zach Wachaleski. Zach is a senior data scientist at General Mills. His background's in math and economics, and he's got a master's in analytics from the Institute for Advanced Analytics. Prior to coming to General Mills, he's worked in the financial world. He's been a data scientist at Fifth Third Bank, and he's been an analyst with Bloomberg, And I will say in a previous episode, we had Gus Kading, who was a professional skier. Zach's also an accomplished athlete. I know this from his intramural days uh, at the Institute for Advanced Analytics where we were teammates, Uh, but I know he's got some pretty cool uh, athletic accomplishments, so. Zach, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. I don't know if uh, accomplished athlete is is the appropriate word, but glad to be considered well, with the uh, professional skiers.
1: <laughs> Zach, I, uh, it's almost like a model. I consider myself as like the baseline. So all you gotta do is beat the Perfect. baseline and then, and then it's
0: accomplished. I'm over indexed, that's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect. Zach, uh, Zach, can you introduce, I gave a, a brief introduction. Can you give an introduction yeah. here to yourself and sort of how you got into
0: data science? Absolutely. Yeah. So my, my math and econ background, I've always been a a big fan of the numbers and fell in love with sort of the prediction and actually customer support was how I got into it at Bloomberg, uh, and, and really drove me to want to get back and trying to do some data science to try to predict, can we do things better? Can we be doing customer service better, uh, at Bloomberg and went back, got my master's, uh, made, made a lot of friends and probably why i'm here with you today evan um but but yeah so fell in love with it went back into finance and tried to solve all the the same problems that i was hoping to to get to solve and have now migrated over to general mills so been at general mills for about a year in a space that i absolutely love i mean who doesn't love food uh every day i get to work with with data on pizza rolls and cereal and (laughs) looking at everything else that's just like this is way more fun um as i would have ever expected to to join general mills
1: yeah very cool the the product in general Mills seems more interesting than than the financial (laughs) service world it's more tangible too which is which is the great part very tangible uh i I think maybe it's helpful to give, I think most folks are familiar with a lot of General Mills yeah. brands. Maybe you could just sort of paint us a picture of
0: what General Mills is. Absolutely. I mean, General Mills, we have a lot of brands. We we cover a lot of different areas. Cheerios, obviously, you know the cereals, Cheerios, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. We've got all the Monster cereals. I, I have a whole display of them sitting behind me right now. <laughs> but we even have like, I mean, Pillsbury, all of your refrigerated baked goods stuff. Uh, pizza rolls I mentioned earlier. We have blue buffalo for dog food, and um, we really run the gambit of a lot of the food that you and your pets would love to eat,
1: uh, which I think is what makes us pretty awesome. Very cool. Uh, you're a senior data scientist there at General Mills and that's senior data scientists can do a lot of different things. Can you talk about where you sit in General Mills? Yeah,
0: so I sit in the strategic revenue management space. Uh, A lot of that goes into like planning promotions and things. So what I think a lot of people don't know about consumer product goods like General Mills, our function is not necessarily to sell to a consumer we obviously we put our products in a store we essentially work our customer is a store it would be your target your walmart's um so we have to try to make these deals to figure out how much does that store need what type of promotions would be successful in this store and we plan all of those on our end uh that's where the data science comes in of trying to predict what sort of thing is going to be successful how much do we think uh sales are going to go up if we did a two for five um sale versus a two for six uh so there's a lot of different levers that we have at our ability in the SRM space and the data science is just trying to analyze and figure out the effects of those levers
1: okay very cool strategic revenue management (laughs) I I, I know there's a lot of other functions at GM. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to say GM? When I say GM, I think of other GM. We go uh, with GMI. Mills.
0: Yeah, GM, I think they own the GM probably more okay. than we do. But GMI works, uh, General Mills. GMI. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm going to try to say the General Mills. Mills. GM, GM. <laughs> the Mills. The Mills. At the, at the Mills, Uh, I would assume you have data science counterparts that live in other space. Of course. In operations. You, you make food, you... S- yeah have a supply chain that moves things around. So do you do you overlap with them? Do they sit in a different space?
0: Yeah, our data science sort of we we spread very wide throughout all of the different areas. We've got people who are um, in marketing, obviously, I think there's a, a huge marketing campaign within data science everywhere. Uh, nowadays, and we have people who are in deliveries, I handle mostly the, the like, volume and sales um, levers. But we've got people who are trying to analyze our own internal data, trying to do things of like supply chain. Uh, you name it, we probably have a data scientist or some sort of machine learning engineer sitting in that space.
1: All right. Very cool. Uh, I would think you're, you're focused on sales too mm-hmm. to the retailers, to your customers. Yep. Uh, you mentioned supply chain. I, I wonder how much interaction you would have with those folks. And, and I'm just painting, thinking of you've been there for about a year. Supply chain has had some bumps along the way. Yeah. And so it's probably impossible to just take for granted that you've got all of the supply that you need to sell to to a retailer.
0: Yeah, we we definitely have to work, especially the data scientists, as well as all the people in business. There's so much knowledge of what one person might be working on. Is something that is still applicable. We are one giant cohesive organization, um, even though we split into different sections in in business strategy uh meetings. So people who are working on the supply chain trying to figure out are there outages? Um, is that that could be why we're getting low volume. Uh, that could be issues with deliveries. Like what I learn in my day-to-day job is still something that is important for them. Uh, and what they learn is equally as important for us. I think supply chain definitely falls into that. Like, The people in supply chain are uh definitely a a hot meeting commodity at this point trying to get some of the the wealth of knowledge that they've learned
1: yeah very very much so i i don't mean to paint the organizational map here but do you i mean do you sit in meetings with them do you do like knowledge share do you help help them with their actual analytics and vice versa
0: not not necessarily as much um of like helping with the analytics i think we all have our own trajectories of what we have going on um but definitely a lot of meetings all of our data science org like we meet fairly regularly just to discuss here's the ongoings that are happening in in my team my department um just to cross share that information and a lot of times like in the the case of supply chain if they're making tables that are trying to account for supply chain outages things like that uh trying to make sure that we're getting that information and we can if we need it or we want to utilize, um, whatever they produce, it, it flows downstream to us as well.
1: Okay. That's, that's exciting. And I actually want to stop on that, on, on the actual, the data flows. A yep. lot of times that's sort of the ideal. We would love it if the operations and the strategic management sales marketing, like, sure, we can all access the same thing. Yeah. Uh, are there challenges there or is it? Does it seemingly work it, it, like you just made it, made it sound like it works pretty well?
0: Yeah, it, it obviously has its challenges. In, in any big company, there's going to be, there needs to be so much information shared with everybody. And I think that's kind of uh, where my opinion of having more information is always better. It's so hard to, to know and to get that information of what information is even out there. Uh, so there, there could always be more meetings. There could always be more information sharing. But if there's too many meetings and too much information sharing, then you get bogged down. Uh, so it it depends. It's it's sort of a flip of a coin of if it's beneficial
1: or if it's not something that you you want more of. Sure, certainly, yeah. But I think when the when the tech and the tools are in place that it makes it easy to share. At least yeah. you can try to find that balance instead of we're lost. Instead of the strategic management team is buying the same data that the supply chain team is buying over here
0: absolutely no we've got a pretty good process of of making sure that we're cross sharing all of the core data and tables everything that we use um sort of sits in a centralized location so everyone has access to it it's just a matter of knowing what those things are
1: sure perfect um good so I, i want to talk about you you've sort of I'm thinking about a couple of different ways you can, you can split the way you analyze. You've got brands, a lot of food, but, but pretty distinct. Uh, my dog would love to eat cinnamon toast crunch, but he doesn't get to, I get to. Yeah. Um, you've also got a bunch of retailers that are very, uh, very, very distinct. So I, I'm curious how much of, of what you do is, is common to everything or how much is focused you've got a, a target team or just a, a cinnamon toast crunch team. Yeah, Which sounds exciting.
0: Yeah, honestly, I, I would love if we uh, d- decided them by <laughs> by brand and by cinnamon toast crunch, I'd be the first <laughs> one to apply for that team. But no, we we definitely because we we spread again, General Mills is a company that we're in 100 different countries and we have all sorts of different products like there are so many different teams it could be split by country. I personally just work with like the North American retail um and I don't even work for all of the markets in in there. I don't have to analyze certain markets. So there is ways that we have to dig down a little bit deeper into saying we can't look at everything on a very macro scale because not everything's comparable. You know that, I mean, Walmart isn't going to be the same as um, Wegmans or a, a Target. There's going to be a lot of differences in how they run promotions and, and how they do things. So we do have to do a lot of divvying up um, I sort of have a good catch-all of like, I do handle a lot of the different data analytics for a lot of markets in North America. Um, there's a, a few exceptions of of more niche and, and more specific data planning, but they're all built on that business model of the market. All of the markets that I deal with handle very similar business structures.
1: Okay. All right. And then you, you sort of map that same challenge of, yeah. you've got them for folks doing different things you want to be able to share best practices or 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 any any heads up that you've got from other markets from other regions yeah
0: yeah it's it's really cool um having everybody sort of working in tandem on similar problems similar types of analyses uh, and doing it for different businesses there are different insights that they get and then we can test and uh it really does help almost parallel process all of what we do at General Mills and all of our data science to say I'm going to work on this you work on this if you find success then i'll try it if not i'll probably scrap it myself uh, and and move in a different direction so the data science group especially in uh the srm space is all very interconnected maybe not as much so with the people like i said of supply chain or, or other areas um but we are all very much one team even if we work in in different things different products different stores
1: Wow. That's great. Yeah. I love the, the analogy. It's, it really is like parallel processing. Ah, That's great. Um, so on the, on the strategic management team, I, I'm curious who, who's your end customer. If you build a a cool model says, Hey, we need to do, we need to sell cinnamon toast crunch. It's just, it's my only go-to example that I can think you (laughs) gave us a bunch of brands, but that's the one that's in my head. And, uh, because I wish I had some, um, you know, you you want to you want to discount this or allocate some trade to that? Like, who who are you talking to? Who are you so conveying this to? Our data science end users are
0: essentially the trade planners, the people who are working with a store. Um, I shop at Harris Teeter currently where I live. If we're trying to make a deal with Kroger, Harris Teeter, and say, hey, we want to put cereal on sale, <clears throat> we want to put cereal on sale. This is the price. Um. We're trying to negotiate, well, how many products, like how many pallets of Cinnamon Toast Crunch do we need to send you? And how much of a deal is it going to be if we're going to put it on sale a little bit cheaper this time than we have historically? How much more volume do we think we're going to sell? So a lot of what I do is predict volume um, of what a end consumer, people at the store, are going to buy sure, um, and use that information as trying to figure out if the trade planner is shifting a couple of levers or trying to put things on display, they're trying to put an ad out in uh, Harris Teeter's weekly advertisement, how much more is that going to get us in sales? And is that worth whatever price we need to pay in order to run those ads, put it on display? Because one thing that I've learned at General Mills is store real estate is a very hot commodity. Everyone's fighting over those end Aisle displays. Everyone walks past them. You know the whole thing of the sugary cereals probably at the bottom, where the kids can see it. The healthier <laughs> stuff might be more at the top. There's a lot of real estate value, and uh, stores are are no different.
1: All right, super interesting. Um, so that sort of the the trade planners are getting this information. General Mills is is an old company. Yeah. Sounds kind of offensive. It would be offensive, I guess, about a person with a company. It's like a badge of honor. Yeah. Um, but they've they've been working with retailers. They've been doing this planning for long before data and analytics were were so prevalent. So, I'm curious what their appetite is to consume the analytics that you guys have. A lot of what we talk about on on the show with with previous guests is sort of the challenge in change management. How do you get people to implement some change based on your insights?
0: Yeah, it's. I think it's always going to be a little bit different. I'm I'm glad that when I jumped into General Mills about a year ago, we're already in full swing of of getting what, what we built sort of sits in this trade planner tool. So they can use this tool to say, hey, if I make this adjustment, how is that change that feeds through the model and that predicts what we think the change in volume is going to be? Um, and that change is then helpful for them so they don't have to rerun all their calculations. They don't have to do a lot of work. So while... Even if like bare minimum, we just match the same level of accuracy of predictions as what they have, we're saving them a lot of time. Um, so there's a lot of like checks and balances to convince people to be like, hey, hopefully we're better in in what you're working on. It depends maybe person by person, um, but hopefully we're also saving you a lot of time. And it seems like that methodology has worked really well for us to get people onboarded and saying like, I want to use this. There's obviously cases of of one-off where people are like, hey, what's going on here? We're trying to make sure that there's a lot of um, systems in place to check what they would be looking at. We're essentially trying to replicate what they're doing with the model. Um, So we're learning as we go and and building on top of of what we've got in place to make sure that anything that they could be using and testing and, and looking at historically are what we're also incorporating into our models.
1: All right, yeah, certainly. Gotta gotta build the build the trust there. Yeah. And I I love I love the the mention on time saving. You've got a background in economics. We <laughs> we both do. This you find some incentive there that can make your job easier. Even if we're coming up we're not challenging your expertise, we're just saving you a lot of time. So right. it seems like a great way to get some buy-in.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely helped that what we built as a tool is essentially the same thing as what they're already doing in place, saving them a lot of time that they could be they can request for a prediction, make some changes to their trade plan, they automatically get that back for them so they can start doing other things. They can probably handle a lot more. They can they can sort of juggle whatever they need to juggle at the same time, whether it's meetings and be like, hey, on the fly in a meeting, I can get a new prediction, new new volume output.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, let let folks focus on on the higher value activities. Uh, Perfect. Uh, So. You're not the only data scientist there. You you come with your backgrounds, math, finance, you worked in banking. Is is there is there much of a, a learning curve trying to get up up to speed in the consumer goods and in the food space?
0: Absolutely. And I I think that I argue that's probably the case in, in most companies. I, I had the same getting into finance. I'm I'm glad I made the transition. But like you said, General Mills has been around for a lot of years um i don't have off offhand how old Mills actually is but there's so many people who have a wealth of business knowledge have a wealth of, of data science experience and knowledge in this space in particular that it's a lot to learn it's a lot to adjust to it's drinking from the fire hose at least for a couple of months uh Until you can start get your your footing on all of the acronyms and things that we use. There's <laughs> there's a whole sheet that we have internally of like here's the acronyms in in CPG and in General Mills and consumer consumer packaged goods. goods. Yeah, Product exactly. Goods. Okay. okay. Again, the acronyms we're we're all about them. <laughs> so there's always going to be a lot to learn, but there's so many people who have been at the company for so long that it's it's not like a traditional I've bounced around a a couple of tech jobs and and been there for a couple of years and that in tech, that's seemingly normal in consumer product goods. That is something where like you usually hit General Mills and you stay. There's a lot of people that I talk to on a daily basis that are I've been with a company for 20 plus years, 30 plus years, 40 plus years. And I mean, me being fairly fresh and out of college. It's a huge opportunity for me to learn and grow in what I'm doing to match what they know and in, in their expertise. It saves a lot of time that I don't need to be bouncing around from people to people until I find somebody who's happened to work to be able to answer my question. There's a lot of people who, who have that knowledge and, and have that expertise to help us grow much faster in, in what we're building and make sure that it makes business sense rather than just
1: data science sense. Perfect. Yeah, that, that sounds great. You talked about the trade planners sort of consuming your analytics, but you're you're consuming their subject matter expertise, right. their context, right. their understanding. So yeah, certainly if you're if if at the very least you're trying to replicate the work they already do, trying to get a good understanding and, right. and having that wealth of experiences. Can't is, replicate if we don't know what it is. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh so do you, uh I'm I'm curious if that's if that's the case in the, the data science world at General Mills too, are there folks that work in data and analytics that have a long history at General Mills, maybe even before there was a data science team or there there was a, a big data science footprint?
0: Absolutely. There, there's a lot of people who, I mean, started data science at General Mills and were called different things before it was called <laughs> data science. And We're obviously matching the times now and trying to migrate more into what the market standard is for data science and machine learning engineering um so there's a lot of changes that we've made but a lot of people who were here and saw a couple of data science hierarchy shifts of what the titles (laughs) meant and um so yeah there's a lot of people they're they're usually a hot commodity as well with just like the supply chain people they they know a lot they know everything about the business and and they've had the 10 plus years working with all of the people in business who have been here for 20 plus years. So uh, they were able to absorb at least some of that knowledge. And they're now uh, a pretty high, high contributor in the data science space.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You're, you've been there a year now. You're
0: I know, I'm working
1: your way up towards towards expert. There. I'm
0: trying. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people who, I mean, we've got the whole gambit of of data science people with PhDs, heavy statistics and visualizations, people who are in more of the machine learning engineering, the deployment, Docker. Um, so w- we have a a lot of specialization uh, within our team and a lot of flexibility to sort of do whatever you think you are best at doing and and sort of balance with um, my teammate and I are, have a pretty good. Uh, back and forth of like, hey, this is definitely in in your cup of tea, um, this will help <laughs> if, if we work together. Either I could learn it, absorb some of that information, or if we just need to like divide and conquer, uh, we do a lot that way
1: as well. Yeah, that's great. And to be able to have the big enough footprint where you can divide and conquer right. and learn and share. Right. It's sure really helpful. Uh, it sounds like a good team to be a part of. I don't want to put you on the spot. Zach, but is is your team growing now? Are you looking for, for folks? Yeah, like I said, we we stretch into a bunch of
0: different areas in, in General Mills. And I think we're always looking for for data scientists. I don't know if we're ever looking for them in, in the SRM space. Things are changing constantly. Um, but we do have positions open. I think uh we can probably link the job postings or something. Um yeah. but but yeah, if if you're ever interested in working in consumer product goods, trying to help. Sell more cinnamon toast crunch. I'm sure we've got jobs open, whether it's machine learning or uh, the data science space, like I'm in.
1: Yeah, certainly, it all sounds interesting, Zach. will definitely post some links here. Uh, if you're interested in buying more cinnamon toast crunch, then yeah, uh, you can you can reach out to me. And that's what I'll help you with. That <laughs> highly recommend. Um, <laughs> Zach, i I have one question for you. Hmm. one final question here. Uh, I know you've been there a year. There's a lot. you're sitting around a lot of other experience, but you bring in some fresh ideas i'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the magic button here and we'll say everybody is aligned to whatever your ideas are, whatever your focus point and whatever your goal is. Where do you want to put your analytic resources what What kind of problem do you want to do you want to focus on, given that end users say, Hey thanks. IT. Yep, yeah, that's what we're we're going to do. Where where do you point the analytics? I think
0: what what I would suggest, what I'm interested in is we talked about the supply chain side trying to identify some of those outages, trying to identify if we're predicting volume of cinnamon toast crunch sales, but for whatever reason there was a supply chain shortage, a lot of stores didn't have it. Can we identify that? Can we say let's not let this input affect our model? impute um so i think there's a lot of things that we need to move in the direction of we are already moving in the direction of um to try to make sure that we're identifying data continuity issues um so that's probably the thing that i'm at least most interested in personally so uh hopefully something that i can get more invested in 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 the future
1: awesome and it sounds like uh, a relevant challenge certainly at general mills and certainly in 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 today's world for sure zach it's been super enlightening thanks so much for for coming on the show uh folks if you're interested uh you can you can you can follow zach here keep in touch with all of these brands see what openings are on the team Uh, if you enjoyed today's content uh please make sure to like and subscribe and catch the next episode of mining your own business thanks zach thank you